Welcome, everyone. We are live on Berry Flow Upstream number 26. Here with the gang, I've got Andrew here to my right as well on air. We've got Alex, Darius, and Jubei. How you all doing this Sunday evening? What's up? What's up? Pretty good. Weather, weather uh, treating anyone horribly? It's raining here in Florida, kind of cold. A lot of that Georgian wind is kind of coming down to us. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. It's, uh, you know, weather's pretty good out here. It's it's uh, cooled down a lot since the past weekend. Got a lot of rain over the weekend. But it's, it's pretty good, though. Good day it's today. Kind of how the news week has been. You know, things have been kind of cooling down from passport events, slowly but surely kind of trickling out. Some BBM news, a little bit of stuff here and there, Bez 12. We'll get it further into that. Uh, let's start talking about the BlackBerry uh, application infrastructure webcast that they did for Bez 12. Alex is really the only one here who may have watched it out of curiosity. Did you at least hear anything about it, if not attend yourself? Um, I signed up to attend, but um, something about me sleeping in or something and missing it, it tends to normally happen. So yeah, I, I something have something about it. the sporadic sleep schedule. Yeah, I know, I know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was it in regards, like for the general registration? What kind of things were they kind of promoting? I don't know. Just like, the, talk- the, t- the title. That's all. <laughs> I, I, I wonder. Like they're talking about hosting application infrastructure. So was there anything about database and backends? I'd be interested to know. I'm sure one of our viewers will be watching. Uh, yeah. They'll have some feedback for us on that. Did you guys happen to see the new stuff out of, coming out of the BBM teams? We saw a BBM beta update for iOS. We saw one come for BlackBerry 10 as well. Can, uh, can sharing just, some of the sticker goodness around. Is anyone running it? No, I'm not personally. Um, I tried signing my wife up for the uh, iOS uh, beta program and you know get that running on hers uh, on her iPhone and see you know what it's like. But uh, I have seen like screenshots and things of that nature, and it's very dope. I, you know, I like the um, the, the native UI feel that you know BlackBerry's done uh, for iOS, which is cool because you know you don't really. The whole point is you want it. You want them to use the the service. You want them to use BBM, but uh, you want them to have their feel to the app. You don't want to kind of make it so gesture friendly where they're in the way from what their experience is with the platform they choose. So I like that you know they're they're taking those things into consideration, those thoughts, and they've implemented it. Um, and you know as far as like with the uh, for for BlackBerry, sharing stickers within groups and things of that nature is cool. I wish you uh, they would bring back the uh, inline pictures within groups and chats and things of that nature. That would be pretty dope as well. I feel like we have an yeah. argument about this every every time we talk about it. Because in, inline photos for me doesn't yeah. make sense. Like it's very consumery focused. I, I love the organization of albums. What I would really like is a way to long press on a message and reply to that message specifically. So that yeah. when you're reading my message it knows gives you context to what I'm referencing. Uh, right. That, that's a basic thing in groups that I'd like. I don't see any messenger really doing anything like that, unfortunately. seems like one of those kind of obvious things. But yeah, uh, Alex, have you messed with the BBM beta? Yeah, I mean, there are a few things. First, I wanted to bring up, obviously, the finally, finally, finally for iOS, it is like a more native feel. And I think when we first started upstream six months ago, it was kind of announced that the native look was coming soon. So I guess, you know, fine, I guess six months means soon. But so when is the Android version of this going to come? I'm, I'm hoping soon. And is it 
beta. So is it an open beta or is it a private beta? I don't know enough. I just saw screenshots of it. I don't know where they're private. at. Private invite only, but they had a sign-up sheet uh, available. Okay. So it's interesting that you mentioned that because we have Android's material design that's just coming out. So I wonder if yeah, they want to wait. Off. Yeah, just sure. just hold off a little bit, you know. They're obviously working. This latest beta for BBM on iOS brings timed messages, stickers, a lot of stuff. It it really brings it up to par. I mean, honestly, it looks like iOS, but at the same point, it also, I think, in my opinion, looks looks a lot like 10.3, kind of the new flatter aesthetic BlackBerry's taken on. So right. interesting that they're kind of sharing that that wealth of UI uh, input around on, on these other operating systems. I wonder how it'll end up looking on Android, whether they do go for some of the signature action type things that you know the material design has on Android 5.0. Uh, regardless, BBM seems to be keeping up. Jubei, are you tired of any of the things in the shop as of yet? I know they did a little redesign on the shop. Now they've got banners and some other stuff in there. What are your, what are your thoughts? It's all right. It's, you know, it's all part of the process of um, you know, refining it as much as possible. There's only so much refinement you can do but also to keep in line um, the quality, the experience, the, the user experience between all the platforms. Right now, I, I just really think that those of BlackBerry 10 devices have the best BBM experience by far. And I think it should be a little more balanced um, cross-platform. I don't really hear too much about Windows, but, uh, you know, how their experience and, you know, I don't know. We know anyone that has Windows devices. I'm yeah. running it. Yeah. I'm running the BBM beta on my. What what okay. is this? I got I got dust all over it. Uh, this. I don't even know what it is. It's a Nokia. It's a Lumia. Whatever it is. Um, yeah, because I, I think the the biggest the common um, concern is that the experience with BBM on all the platforms are is unbalanced. So. Just. Great to see. Yeah, like Alex said, six months. I don't know how that uh, equals soon, but it's just great to see that it's finally um, materializing, and hopefully Android will follow suit. I think Windows was the first yeah. platform that came out just right off the bat. It looked native. Like, it came out with the active tile uh, natively. Mm -hmm. it, it worked well. So it's just great to see, you know, because we have so many friends on other platforms, and we know how well it works within the BB10 um, you know, system, but those other people, not so much, and you know, just trying to get it moving. Just we gotta to get it moving. rinse and repeat with these cross-platform efforts, you know, because yeah. it's a, it's it, it's a, such a hard sell, and it even with the new features and the new look, it still is going to take a lot to sell someone on BBM. Just the name alone, people are like, oh, I don't, BlackBerry's not. Yeah, I have not something I, I do right now. I have a question for Alex in regards to, I mean, it took six months for them to bring a native um, element to BBM on iOS. Do you think they ran into some issues in well, developing I mean, that? I can't really imagine that. I think this is more of a case of they just had, you know, they had the focus of creating, uh, what is this, the time message retraction. They, they just had other focuses because, um, like, if you... If you already have the app up and working, just a matter of making the UI change different. And I think James might be able to answer this because he's the one that talked to Lauren. Does does the app feel quicker um, and better, or is it just a UI overhaul? Because I've talked to people who are 
on older versions of iPhones, and they said BBM, um, there were just problems with it that it was either laggy or it ran in the background. It wasn't that user-friendly. So I don't know if they redid it from the ground up or if they just did the UI overhaul. And if they did the UI so, overhaul, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, to answer your question, she... Lauren, in specific, let's put her let's put her hashtag out there so everyone can go, you know, throw throw hate at her on it. Oh, no, she she mentioned that it was still a little bit laggy, okay. in her experience. So as you had mentioned, Alex, probably just a UI overhaul. Still, new features come along with that UI overhaul. So cool yeah. to see. Like new features popping up in iOS, we have Brandon who's just hopping into our little uh, live <laughs> hangout here. How you doing, Brandon? What's up, guys? What's up? Doing all right. I asked everyone. I asked everyone. I mean, Darius, you're over. You're over in uh, Georgia, correct? Right. So I'm Florida, Georgia. Then we have two in New York with Jubay and Alex. And then we have Canada with Brandon. So our representation of the weather going across North America. How's it doing over there? Is it cold, wet? How's it doing? It's uh, it's minus three degrees today, so it's not too bad. But I guess for Florida standards, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Minus three, I'm, I'm freezing my ass off at that point. <laughs> well, we were just transitioning away from talking about the BBM redesign on iOS and, and also the new update for BlackBerry 10 users as well and, and the pending release of something on uh, Android as, in regard to a redesign. Uh, Brandon, did you have anything you wanted to add on that regard? No, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think they do need to embrace those other platforms and just start building the platform for those because BBM it's not just it's not just an extension of BlackBerry 10 anymore. It's it's really a whole different service unto itself. So they they gotta they gotta you know go where the money is and and try to attract more people on those platforms. A lot of people don't like to see some foreign design as their as their primary messaging. Tool, so adhering to the the native designs is just smart. Yeah. Yeah, I think another big thing is like uh, the reason why we kind of haven't seen it with Android, not necessarily because you know it's more of a private beta, but you know with Google, what they're doing with um you know the material design is that they they really want all the uh, OEMs to use that as their UI. They don't want them to put, you know, like the HTC Sense UI over top of it. They don't want, uh, you know, Samsung to use the TouchWiz and things of that nature. Like, they want them to embrace material design, essentially, and, you know, just give them, put pretty much just put out their own, you know, devices, their variants of the devices and so forth using this OS. Um, Google's finally trying to get a lot of structure, so I think that's one of the reasons why we've kind of held back from that, and I think they really want to take advantage the most of material design. As for as far as for iOS, um, as Brandon mentioned, you know, when you're using like a, 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 a foreign, you know, look in the field in terms of an application, BBM being its like own entity, you really have to embrace what platform you're using and where you're going to go from that point on. So I think what BlackBerry, at first, I think it was just more trying to have them get the features out there to the people. Let's give them all the features. Let's give them everything that they essentially need with the service. And then we'll get uh, you know back to home base in terms of giving them their own feel with this service. Um, and I think that's a good thing um, now uh, because you, you really want people to have the best experience with your service as possible. So essentially, uh, when it comes down to it, I, I think, you know, it'll come around for all the platforms. As you had mentioned as well earlier, you're going to get the best experience 
with a BlackBerry 10, well, yeah, with a BB10 device, but, um, I mean, that's just, you know, the way the ball rolls. At the end of the day, I mean, if why wouldn't I get the best experience with this service on another you know, device? Like, that dude just, it wouldn't make sense. I mean, it's kind of like you're taking your own baby and just leaving it in the dirt, so... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sounds sounds bad. What a, but, vivid, what a vivid analogy for us, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's just you, you don't want to do that. But I, I like the black people. They're, they're really, as you said, they're keeping up. And I think honestly, I think a lot of people should be grateful that they're actually giving this, uh, you know, BBM uh, the attention that they are. Not necessarily because we know that this is going to be a cash cow for them. And we, we know, uh, you know, how they can monetize the service, but. You know, essentially, it's just it's something that they have to put that amount of focus on, and I'm I'm happy to see it. I really am. Definitely, definitely something that's been a long time coming. Yeah. As Alex had mentioned, six months is is a waste to wait, especially for those users on other platforms who are struggling with the BB10 kind of UI paradigm and all of that. So mm-hmm. I would absolutely agree. I, I want to touch on a little bit. Blaze over at Crackberry put out just some gorgeous unboxing videos and photos of the red. In the white passport. I just wanted to go around the room. We'll start with Andrew here. What do you guys think of these devices in correspondence of price tag and, of course, the look and feel of the devices? I mean, some of us are rocking passports, some of us aren't. Does a, a color like black or white dissuade you from wanting the black at the cheaper price tag? And I just want to go around and kind of get a survey of the room. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts on a red or white passport? Well, like, to me, BlackBerry's always been premium devices. You know, they put stuff out like the Porsche design mm-hmm. phones. Um, and it's... Uh, like, it doesn't dissuade me um, from having a black passport because ultimately the passport to me is just an amazing form factor. But, like, looking at something like a red passport, those photos were so fine, so fine. <laughs> and, I mean, I... I've honestly been thinking about selling this and, you know, doing a pre-order for a red passport. <laughs> so, so, thank you, Uncle. I'm selling your gift and buying up to a red. <laughs> That's great. Jubei, <laughs> uh, what about you? If you seem to be a classic type of guy, like I don't, I don't even know if the passport interests you at this point. Black, white, red. What color preference would you pick? It would have to be red if if I got the passport, just because. I like splashes of color. Uh, if there's a Porsche design passport, I think that would raise a lot of eyebrows. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I burnt myself on that hotness. Uh, Darius, what about you? What color uh, would you go for? I mean, it's kind of just cool. Obviously, we're looking at higher prices on all of these, right? So, what is it for the U.S. red passport? Six ninety nine, as opposed yeah. to four ninety nine for a black. So it's like you're literally paying for the color and right. the, you know, the prestige of the limited amount that the, the device is right. going to be built. What about and, you, Darius? I, I mean, me personally, I'm a black man. I don't, no pun intended, all right? I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to devices, I prefer black devices because things happen. I mean, like, you, you, you drop it, you, a scratch or something of that nature is, you know, it's a uh, tendency of it being, you know, less seen on a black device opposed on a red or white, especially like a red device that something is bright, so if a black mark is on it, it you're going to spot it, you know, pretty much the first thing. With white devices, you know, hands get dirty, device gets dirty. Um, and I had that before. I had a, a white torch, I believe it was a 9810, and it was like the last time I will ever get a white device. As nice as it looks initially, it's just over time, it's just, you know, 
it, it takes a beating and it's not really what you want, you know. So for me, I think you know the black device is settled. But honestly, I just can't see myself paying an additional hundred dollars for two hundred. Two hundred. All right, two hundred for a red. You know, that's for, it for is substantial. Color. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy, you know. I mean, especially when I'm not getting anything more. I'm not getting additional, you know, internal storage or something of that nature. Like I'm, I'm not getting that. I'm all I'm doing is paying for, you know, a, a color that's not really that important in my eyes. That that brings a great, you know. Point there, Darius. Sixty-four gigabytes on a red passport. Two hundred dollars. Like, all right, hundred dollars yeah. for the vanity. A hundred dollars for the storage. Marked that's up. Selling. Exactly. That's marked up. You know, ninety percent. But, but yeah, I'd agree that that's a that'd be a pretty valuable thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move to Brandon while Alex. Alex. Ooh, Alex is pulling up some photos. So let's lock it on there. And Brandon, let us know what color choices of passport would you go for if you were opting to go get the device. Uh, I would either go for the black or red, preferably the red. But if it was a difference of what is it, one fifty or two hundred? Is that the yeah, difference? Yeah, they're about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it, and ultimately, I would get the cheaper option if that were the case. Unless I like, I, I don't know. Unless like maybe the the red version offered something different, which it doesn't. It's just a different uh, color. I uh, I wouldn't go for it if it's the same. Ultimately, you're using it. You want to get it for the functionality, right? There's not many times where, me personally, I get a phone. I just want to like show everybody. Yeah, sure, the passport enough is cool enough, but the fact that it's red is super cool. But it's not enough for me to want to spend another two hundred dollars. It's a smart move, though. I mean, every company does that. If you look at it, like PlayStation comes up with different colored. Uh, PS4s every now and then just to keep it fresh in everybody's mind and refresh the look so that people feel like going out and buying um, another PlayStation. So I, I don't see it as anything different. Smart. They probably got a lot of sales uh, for the limited edition red version, BlackBerry. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I saw earlier they were down to like 30 devices over in there Canada. You know. The red. They're, they're definitely running them. I, I just... I look at it and it's like, damn, I want both. Like Alex left it on kind of the the perfect photo right here. It's they both yeah. look great. I mean, if you're gonna give it to me, I'll take either. I mean, I'm still probably gonna beg for a red one though. I mean, look at that, the black <laughs> frets, the black the black buttons. Marco's actual when, when Marco uh, Puder Mobile did up his version, the buttons were actually red on his. They still had the black bezels. In the black frets, but it had the red little accent buttons, which I thought was a nice touch. But seeing it here, kind of like it's kind of like the torch red, you know, the old torches, the red that they had that was almost like a burgundy. It's like a, a little bit darker, a nice kind of passionate red. It looks real good. Um, if if Blackbird wants to send me one, I'd be happy to take it. If you're watching, <laughs> and also yeah, I mean, realize real, realize the Canadian, the one you really need on your side, and Brandon mm-hmm. is going to get a black one. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'd yeah. love the red one. The red one would be my 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 number one choice. It Just is like two hundred dollars for two hundred dollars. You could buy a, like a secondhand Z30 for two hundred dollars. Would I rather have just one passport or a passport and a Z30 for seven hundred dollars? I'd rather have a passport and a Z30. I'd rather have a red passport. No, just kidding. <laughs> Alex, Alex, what about you? You're showing off all this this candy. What's your opinion yeah. on it? So, I mean, what I found kind of interesting here is with the black one, they have kind of like the lighter, um, because it has the backlight, the dim, when when it turns on and it shines through, so the keys are like white. 
whereas on the red passport, the keys are white right off the bat. And since the frets are black, the keys, the letters really stand out. Whereas even on the black one, the frets kind of compete with the keys, and the, the letters don't stand out as much. And I think that the red just looks really, really nice with the black accents. And, what, um, a, and the what red, a fantastic observation, Alex. Yeah, I, I, just like from a design perspective, I think it's gorgeous. And I, I have a red limited edition Z10, and they use like a really light, bright red. And I was never really a big fan of it. I was kind of disappointed with it. And this is more of a crimson, uh, like darker red, and I think it fits with the black really, really nicely. Just just the bright white, the dark black, and then the dark red. I just right. it, it, it's I like it's like a perfect this. cherry color, you know, and just like yeah. it's like a sports car. Like a sports car, absolutely, Andrew. I have to agree there. It does look good. We'll move on from the drool. Uh, <laughs> Did you guys happen to see any of those work-wide videos showing off the Passport uh, work-wide campaign? Did a couple of different videos. They did one in construction, one in the medical field. Um, did you guys happen to catch any of those videos? How did you think the promo material was? Yeah, I like it. It's because it's, you know, it's, they're creating these advertisements for its venue. You know, they're not selling it to consumers. They're selling it to uh, everyday professionals who will take, the most advantage of having that device in their field, so I think they've done you know a smart thing with uh the with the workwide uh, campaign in terms of the videos and I mean it's just I think Blackbird they're they're really doing a good job in picking their battles. And I don't want to say picking picking their battles, but in terms of spending their money and putting it to a good use in terms of how people are going to view them and their brand and uh, their products. They're doing a good job, so I, I think they're really getting a point across. It's nothing that is, you know, consumer based. Um, it's consumer friendly, but it's for the working field. It's for your everyday professional and trying to get a job done. And how this device can help you be that much more productive day by day. So it's a good. Out of curiosity, uh, James, where for people who haven't seen these commercials, where can people find them? So you're going to have to do a little bit of digging, but you're going to find them on the BlackBerry YouTube page. Essentially, you'll go down the page, and you just want to go for what the most recent videos are. They right. have a lot of their, their playlists preset at the top. Just go find and filter for their most recent, and you'll find them. They're all labeled work-wide. They're going to be very easy to see. Their basic shots, the passport in real-world use, they had one that was very intricate talking about the personal assistant and that you could also type to it and it be silent, and they actually showed that off while someone's about to tee off for golf and do their first punt. So really cool to see in moments where, you know, being quiet is actually of big value to those around you, that the Passport can still deliver a lot of the personal assistant type uh, aspects. It's just really cool commercials. Definitely go check the, them out. They're very short. Not going to take too much of your time. As well with videos, we saw a bunch of them come out for the classic little preview videos, little teasers. Do you guys happen to catch any of those? Yeah, I saw a couple of them just uh, showing off some of the implementation of obviously the tool belt and you know just uh, very simple features, nothing that would you know knock the stocks off of anyone. But it's comforting to see that they are marrying the old school functionality of the BlackBerry Bolt 9900 with uh, the modern BB10. Uh, OS. So showing that is definitely a comfort for a great number of people who are looking forward to the device. 
such as myself. Definitely, it, it is a comfort factor, uh, Andrew. You were you were thinking about going classic. He he his legacy has kind of been like 9900 Z10, and then right to Passport. So he was kind of eyeing a physical keyboard after using the Z10. So what what were some of your impressions therein? Did you you wanted a classic? Now you have a Passport. You've had it for a couple of days. Are you still leaning toward wanting that type of input? Well, like to me, uh, you know, I I had my bold and I loved the keyboard like that. That's really what sold me on the phone. And then going from that to Z10, I didn't really, uh, you know, it didn't really click with me, the virtual keyboard. And, like, the swiping, it was all right. I saw what you did there. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) Didn't really click with you. (laughs) But I I wanted to go back to a physical keyboard experience. Um, And originally, I was just holding out to get a classic. Um, But... You know, I guess fate had other plans. Um, but having the having the passport, like it's been a different experience. Um, like the thing that I was excited about for the classic was the uh, potential for like OS navigation, similar to the bold with the trackpad. Um, but like honestly, the passport, I don't find it lacking. You know, it's it's really been a great form factor, and um, I think with the classic. You know, after having a screen that's this big, it's it's kind of hard to think of something smaller. Really, once you work wide, like you can't unwork wide. Like you really can't. I, yeah. I, I go back to a Z10, I pick up a Z30, and I'm like, yo, where's the rest of the phone? Like, right, right. It does feel lacking that perfect one-to-one aspect ratio. You know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I look at the classic still, and the thing looks gorgeous. I can't wait oh, to get yeah. my hands on it, one way or another. It's going to be interesting because I still like that candy bar form factor, the one-handed easy of use. And while Passport, like, you can get there. Like, yeah, you can use it with one hand. If you've got a lot of, you know, hand dexterity. Like Darius, he's got a lot. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's it's one of those devices that really it doesn't lend itself to being used in one hand. And you really see the proficiency of it when you're using it with both hands. So at least with the classic and the little preview videos that Donnie did on Inside Blackberry, it got me interested. I want to see what else they can kind of leverage in the future into both the key, the, the trackpad and the virtual uh, keypad that they have here on on the Passport. Pretty cool stuff. Did you guys see that uh, Bez10 actually won for Enterprise Hosted Services of the Year, Best in Biz Award? I thought that was pretty yeah. cool to see, especially Best in Business from a server software that is, one, hosted, so it's not on-site servers, but as well something that's Bez10, which was kind of this interim rollout of BlackBerry's enterprise offering. What do you guys think about the recognition getting seen from Bez? I, I just find it funny that BlackBerry is winning all these awards. Like, year after year, they've won excellent device awards, you know, like the Red Dot Award for, like, all literally all of the devices they came out with. And now, like, this Bez 10 award. And I feel like it's it's just bizarre that people are still, like, hating on them and in the news <clears> media... Yet they're winning these awards and they completely like ignore this. It, it just it's just beyond me. I every time I see them win an award, I get excited, but then I feel like it's not going to really affect the media. So it's kind of going off of what Alex just said. You know, today on my own time, I went off and just did a quick internet search with the keywords uh, "best phones of to- uh, 2014," and there was a number of links that popped straight up and I clicked I went through all of them I started clicking on all of them 
and they went as high as like 15 to 20 of the top devices of this year and almost all of them did not have a BlackBerry device in them at all. So now I'm thinking to myself, do these awards and winning them really mean anything? I mean, it's great to get recognized as a company that does superior design and, you know, whatever the case may be with whatever they implemented. But what does it really mean in the grand scope of things? Like, is this boosting BlackBerry in any way? Is there any legitimacy now added to... You know, they're, they're like, I think it kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, it's recognition. That's what real, uh, awards are. But when you think about it, like, who's recognizing them? Nobody really. So I, I think that's exactly it, is there's no recognition of those awards. Like, nobody really cares. Right. Media. There's no there's no tech Pulitzer, you know? There's yeah. really no, It's just an award. It's like it could be a plastic one or a gold one. But with the iPhone and the red dot, then then they go nuts. <laughs> right. Well, oh, it's okay. like then the question is like, well, what award is there that can be one that will, you know, be in the eye of the public? Like you know, we get like, cash music, money, right? Cash money. That's what it is. People <laughs> buy your product. That's the biggest award right there. Yeah. Right. Really, exactly. Winning an and, award and, as a tech company really. For all, like we've seen this time and time and again, where like a company comes up with an amazing product and then no one buys it. So awards really, they don't really correlate with how well a device sells. You could have the best device out there, but if you can't sell it, you're still not going to sell those devices. People aren't going to get them. So I mean, it's nice for, to see for all everything these Brandon said. All I heard was Z10 Q10, yeah. <laughs> basically, right? You have a fantastic product. The customer exactly. isn't educated enough to go get it. It is really that kind of catch-22. Right. I, I want to uh, take a pause here and invite Dylan into the conversation he just topped on. How are you doing this evening? Not too bad. How are you guys? Pretty good. We're, good. We're in between talking about Bez 10 and Classic and kind of some other stuff, talking about Nant Health moving there next. What are your thoughts on the Classic in a post-Passport era? Because now we have the Passport. I mean, what, what, what value, I guess, do you see for the Classic device? All enterprise. I mean, that's where it's at, you know. Uh, that device is so solid. And, uh, I mean, it's got a decent price point. It's not too, too bad. And and seeing how some of the carriers like Bell are going to be putting it at, like, 50 bucks, I think that's so strategic. Um, and I know enterprise-wise, that thing is just going to do, I think, tremendously well, you know, getting back into the hands of the people who really like those legacy devices. So, so you know, comparing it to the Passport... Uh, there's definitely going to be some competition. We'll see what uh, we'll see what it turns out to be. You know, who gets more sales? That's definitely the question. I think. I really think Classic will be the breadwinner, as you had mentioned for that price point region reason. Excuse me. Passport's nice. It's expensive still. I tell people about the price, and I tell them it's four ninety nine, and there's no U.S. carrier that officially supports it as of yet, and they're like, eh. or I could go get an iPhone six for you know one fifty <laughs> on my carrier here in in the states. So. It is a, a good gamble to see at least some carriers going in on on Classic at such a reasonable price point as $50. I wonder what the monthly comes out to. This is when we need Ronell in the scope to actually tell us these kinds of things. <laughs> no, let's move on. We're going to start talking, I guess, now about Nant Health. And I don't know if any of us here, Darius, had you seen the 60 Minutes, a little segment that he did? Yeah, yeah, I watched it this evening. I actually was... Uh... 
watching the game and I, and I uh, was flipping back and forth through these channels and I happened to just I think I kind of caught it like a couple minutes at the beginning of the interview, but um, it was a good look um, from Nanhel's perspective and what they're trying to do specifically how they're using uh, the BlackBerry Passport to help assist them in this research, not necessarily with the research specifically, but helping aid them um, in terms of connecting, you know, letting them uh, see their, you know, their progression and how to me it really means a lot you know I had an aunt that passed away from cancer like a couple years ago so for them to really uh, take you know Blackberry with them uh, at the helm of this research it, it really does you know uh, bring a lot of optimism and and uh, really you know just it, it makes you feel good that they're actually you know doing the research they are but not just that in terms of uh, having Blackberry at the helm of this it, it, it's a good it's a Huge plug for them um, because it's showing that BlackBerry are in consumers. It isn't just in enterprise; it's in everyday lives, you know. And it's kind of like that whole they're really trying to do with it by connecting people, um, you know, through various uh, channels, um, you know, through health, through transportation, you know, through work, school, you know, things of that nature. Um, but uh, you know, Man Health, they're really going to a lot of things. And I think with having BlackBerry side-by-side side with them, BlackBerry truly understands that we're really giving it as of right now. So the stage that they're setting um, for, the, for the near future and what people will see, um, as one guy said, it makes him feel good that you know, his grandchildren won't have half the worries that he had <clears throat> right now in terms of their health and so on and so forth. So... Uh, uh, a very good, you know, in-depth interview. You know, hopefully you can get some posted tomorrow. Um, well, if, in terms of the video and the interview on 60 Minutes, you know, people can get a chance to see that they missed it this evening. But very good interview, very good interview. I thought it was great to see BlackBerry in anything. 60 Minutes was great. Right. It was, it, talk about, like, saying something without saying something, though, because it came across kind of like a teaser more than anything else, and we're all going to have to wait till next year until they do a proper presentation of what it is they're actually uh, manufacturing there with their uh, browser slash app and how it's implemented with the passport. But it was great to have John Chen sitting there. It's great to see, um, you know, BlackBerry anywhere again. You know, we, we, we don't really see them much anywhere. And 60 Minutes is always, like, what, the longest-running, most-watched news show of all time sure. or something like that. Sure, let's go with it. <laughs> but, uh, Everyone knows about 60 minutes at the very least. <laughs> yeah. So, And I know that they, uh, the market skept, uh, skeptic and, and the, the interviewer came across a little bit skeptic too on, on some of the uh, ideas and um, some of the... Well, he was explaining it without really going too much in detail. I think they didn't want to tip their hat on exactly what it is that they're um, creating. So I'm sure they're ironing out, you know, all the details and all the you know, software side of things. Uh, it, it seems vastly impressive. I mean, it seems like on the verge of supercomputing, you know, getting an infrastructure together that can crunch literally down to the genome and pull those mutations out 
show them on a screen like the passport. And what you know, Patrick, Dr. Patrick Sun Xiong is looking at is really taking that mutation and being able to reverse engineer backwards to be able to find a cure from it. And and working on cancers that outside the general scope of you know practicing in the medical field to actually take a, a, a core mutation outside and look at a treatment that goes down to the gene level as opposed to directly where the cancer is. He's saying if you go too hard at a cancer in one direction, it's going to try to escape in the bloodstream and metastasize elsewhere You know, and start growing. He wants to do low levels of radiation based on the mutation and based off the history of what's been done previously to see what will work and what doesn't work in regards right. to chemotherapy and immunotherapy as well. So just really, really cool stuff coming out of uh, you know Dr. Patrick Sun-Shiong's head. I found interesting in this 60 Minutes interview that they were talking very specifically about the genome processing, right? But they weren't talking about Nant Health. They weren't talking about the clinical operating system that is being built into all of right, these hospitals right. in North America. It's like they were they were focusing on a subsection of a subsection of where BlackBerry will actually be delivering some of their media assets. I mean, right. you look at BlackBerry on the secure end of that, trying to facilitate the communication of your medical records from here to there, you know, from A to B. And that's to where I think the value for them in the medical space will be, as yeah. well as in the financial, industrial, governments, etc. So it'd be just cool stuff it. overall. Yeah, it'd be great to see you 60 Minutes to come back and do a follow-up later after CES or, you know, they, they actually do a presentation and demo all of this stuff to yeah. revisit that territory so they can actually, you know, show some uh, uh, live demonstration on how it works and the functionality and communication and what in particular, because I know that BlackBerry was there, but they didn't really talk about the passport. It, you know, it was really about um, the uh, software and uh, implications on, you know, the cancer research and the future of well, yeah, it was the relevant story uh, to most people, which is, you know, the cure are we able cancer. to, yeah, are we able to find like uh, actual treatments for cancer that, you know, reduce the death rates into the tens of percents, and, um, or like below ten percent, and, um, but I found it really interesting, not so much related to BlackBerry as was the interview. Right. Um, you know, somehow a weekend spin article on Barry Floor or something like passport is going to cure cancer. <laughs> right, and, and it's almost like that's not the message they want. But at the same right. point, the message is we're not going to combat this with a magical drug. We're not going to combat this with you know scientists getting together and, and building something brand new. We're going to throw technology at it, and we're going to decrease the amount of time it takes us to deploy these new innovations in medical, and that, I think, is a foundation that BlackBerry securely can really uh, help seeing. <laughs> Dylan's mentioning here in our, in our little chat that there's already a CV thread on <laughs> the passport curing cancer. <laughs> that would be on CV, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'll be on UTB shortly, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> it's on all the Bs, you know? The, yeah. the berry flows, the the Habkirks out there. We all, we all have to post this stuff. Dylan, how do you find it on, on your site? Like, how do you how do you look at content and be like, that's something I want to post? Like, what are you focused on right now? I've, I've been interested. Because CB is focused on clearly, they've got their formula and it works for them. Very yeah. flow. Whenever Jubei feels like writing, we do something. I mean, that's, that's basically how it goes. How do, you, how do you moderate things on your end? 
Um, I know right now at the site that you know we've got a few a few people contributing, but uh, but I think the focus is is getting a few people um, who have some sort of industrial perspective. Like um, for an example, we had uh, Deval, one of our contributors, write about QNX in in healthcare, and so he sort of wrote about you know sort of uh, the implications of of what they're doing um, in that in that department. And so he works a little bit in healthcare, and he's got some you know hands-on experience. So, so when he presented the idea of, you know, I can write about QNX and, and sort of how, you know, what they're doing in the healthcare and how it relates to BlackBerry and stuff like that, that's interesting. Um, and I think that, you know, some of the sites aren't necessarily doing stuff, like it's sort of the analysis coming from somebody in, the, in those industries. So, so to have somebody who is able to, to sort of give that perspective is something that I, I sort of look forward to, and, uh, and that was definitely something that I wanted on the site because it's, it's, you know, it's information that people aren't really getting, and, and to give people, you know, the average consumer that sort of perspective that otherwise they wouldn't know unless they did a bit of research, um, that's, you know, that's sort of the content and sort of the quality that I'm going for. And it's good. It's good to focus on like a high level view of that type of stuff because it does take, as you mentioned, a lot of research. You got to drill down, not only to. So you have Q, you have BlackBerry, you have QNX, you have the QNX RTOS, you have the QNX Medical RTOS, and then you have the sub variants there with different compliance levels. So I absolutely understand how how that can be beneficial to have someone who can speak to that kind of in general terms for everyone else. It's it's interesting to mention when talking about the QNX Medical OS. And talking about Nant Health's clinical OS, that the QNX Neutrino for medical that they have for compliance standards and things like, uh, what are the things that that cycle your blood for you? Do you know you know what I'm speaking of for for liver patients? Right. Yeah. Dialysis machines. Dialysis. Right. Yeah. Dialysis. So things like dialysis machines, they have a QNX medical OS that can restart itself without dropping any of the processes for memory protected space. So again, a dialysis machine can't just stop because it has to reboot. You know, there's yeah, someone yeah. literally attached that their blood will not pump without this machine. Right. Yeah. And it's the building devices in an operating system to that kind of medical compliance, that kind of mission critical uh, level that BlackBerry is really going to excel and focus on. I mean, and and honestly, when Patrick Sung Xiong is holding up a passport, that's what he's saying. He's saying, "I've got a device here that can give me the real time data." in a critical, stable way, unlike any other platform can. And, and really, at least that's the real ma main reason why I appreciate the BlackBerry OS, is getting everything instantaneously at my fingertips. I don't know right. what you guys have to say on that. No, that's it's exciting. exciting to, no, go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking it's just exciting to see the direction and to see that they have such a... Uh, like, BlackBerry right now is moving with conviction, and I, I, I love their vision. And I'm just listening to you, James, and, you know, how awesome would it be if consumers and media alike, analysts and everything, just saw BlackBerry as this evolved company that is interested in revolutionizing the way the medical industry communicates, uh, the way enterprise regulated segments communicates, and just respects the company uh, for the niches that, you know, it's focused on, and just not, you know, well, it's pretty relevant what, what people uh, say about BlackBerry now, and I think it's just without warrant. But uh, I can't wait for the day, you know, when someone walking down the street sees someone with a BlackBerry device and there's just no animosity or social netness or anything, you know. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, this guy's probably involved in some sort of medical or business 
um, you know, <laughs> thing. And <laughs> yeah. that's it, you know? Yeah, and and I think, like, the biggest thing is because, like, I'm sure tomorrow you'll see, you're going to see a couple sites where it's, like, you know, BlackBerry Passport shown off in 60 Minutes interview. But it's it's nothing even about the Passport. It's about how embedded Cunix is going to be in healthcare services, specifically with NetHelp, and how they're going to take it to the next level. It's it's truly about QNX and, um, you know, what BlackBerry is going to do with it. Um, you know, as James had mentioned, you know, earlier, providing the security for medical documents and things of that nature. Um, you know, implementing software that is going to allow, you know, medical services that we've used for years, like dialysis and things of that nature, to continue running. You know, so it, it doesn't need you know, um, someone's attention 24-7, you know, allowing technology to take over where human errors had been implemented beforehand. And so if we can kind of like, you know, dip that in the bud and, and cut that off where, you know, it, it's it's at now and allow technology to pick up and, and take over from this point on, that's huge. So it, it's, it's, it's not about a passport. You know, a passport is just, you know, merely a, a small, a, you know, part of a fraction that is allowing this thing to continue on. Um, I can't do it, as James would say. Right, <laughs> and and it's and it's but it's awesome. Like I said, this is a huge thing for BlackBerry as a whole because not it's not just our devices that are going to help you get there. And because you know having the passport shown with the net health thing, and people going to look at us it, like, oh, you see what BlackBerry is for? You know, businesses is for professionals, and they don't even want to even you know give it a consumer appeal. But it's not that. It's about what the software is allowing you to do in the palm of your hand that you, you know, are using with your devices. So that's um, just a huge thing. It's a huge step for BlackBerry, and I'm very excited, you know, for what they have uh, coming forth in the future. Yeah, I mean, going off of what you said, like, I really, as soon as people stop looking at BlackBerry as devices is when they're going to find that, that connotation um, is going to leave. The fact that they really aren't. They're really a, a cross-platform enterprise solution company. It's not just um, James <laughs> or they're like partying. But yeah, it's it's just not the device. That's not what it is. Um, what are you guys saying over there? <laughs> I right, agree move on? God, that, that no biggie comment was just like <laughs> Right on it, Brandon. Brandon's killing it over here. But I wanted to transition over to accessories. I know Alex likes to accessorize before he goes on his Tinder dates. Um, <laughs> what is Tinder? What? What is that? What is this? T what is this Tinder thing that I, that I'm speaking of? Does it no, work but, um, on I wanted, Does it work? It, <laughs> I don't think it does actually. But that's a whole other conversation that we'll have with the the art team later. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about some of the accessories that have been rumored to be coming out. And by rumored, I mean pretty much filed already with Ingram Micro and a lot of these other distributors out there. It looks like they're going to have a charging pod for both Passport and Classic and some leather holsters and other types of transform cases. What did you guys think of some of those uh, devices coming out? Would you be interested in getting some of these case accessories or do you like running your device mm. naked like me? I mean, yeah, I think accessories are really important because they actually prolong the amount of time someone uses a device for. So, for instance, a lot of people got the Z10 and Q10 and stuff, and there was no accessories. So, for instance, if you want to have, like, a, well, there were very few accessories. So, if you want to have, like, a, a nightstand or something so that your phone could, like, a docking station, like, right by your, your night table or something so that your phone could go in bedside mode and look like a, 
a clock. They had that for the Z10, but for the Q10, there really wasn't much in the way of accessories like that. So there's just a bunch of areas that accessories now have become have become so ubiquitous with mobile devices that people just kind of really expect those type of things to to come out and kind of fill those those gaps that were traditionally traditionally before filled by discrete separate you know devices like a clock or something but now our our mobile devices can do everything so i think it's going to be um, pretty good coming out with the passport and the classic all these accessories it's going to be really they'll be they'll make a lot of money off of it i think personally alex yeah i mean i just want <laughs> i just want to stand like I still miss my 9930, that little nice stand I had. I would put it in that before bed. Um, now, I guess you really can't do that with a Z30, <clears throat> but moving forward, yeah, there's like the Passport. Um, I hope they continue putting the charging port on the bottom, or they could bring back those charging contacts. That would be cool. Like that, that just charge- allows for so much. Yeah, like that charging, uh, that charging uh, station for the Bold 9900. The one yeah. that had, you know, you could just clip it in and it would be standing there, kind of like uh, a legacy iPod or something. That yeah, was it would just cool. use the two, yeah, it would use the two little charging ports. And then even on the Playbook, um, it had the the rapid charging port, which was more of a magnetic kind of connector. And I understand when you start getting into that, it's more like a third-party thing like Apple does. Um, but, I don't know. But just it's so it's, cool. It's, yeah, that, I really like that about the playbook. And I, I do like, I and mean, give us the option. You can still have the micro USB there, but you can add another port somewhere. I don't know. Um, but yeah, accessories, like, I've never been too big on them. I like my Z30 and my Passport are both totally naked. And I like it that way. Yeah. You were just walking into it. Like, I knew it was coming. Like, go ahead, so sorry. Go ahead. It's naked, and I like it now. <laughs> I've been, like, I, I've actively, like, when I walked outside, over concrete especially, with my phone, I hold it with two hands, and I'm very careful with it. And my buddy the other day, for instance, he was sitting in his car, and I'm sure many of you have done this, where you were using your phone, maybe you, you parked in your driveway, you were on your phone, you put it on your lap, you forget it was there, turn your car off, you step out of your car, falls off your lap onto the ground. It has happened to everybody. Yeah, and... So, yeah, I've actively made, like, since that happened to me, I've learned, I put, make sure when I'm done with it in my car or whatever, I put it directly in my pocket, like, screw that, I'm, it's not going to happen. So there's really no reason to have a case, right. um, at least for me, but I'm very, you know, careful with my devices now. Uh, but, yeah, for some people, definitely accessories are huge. Yeah, I, I, it's one thing, like, with the password, like, I don't know, I guess because the size of the device, you're very much more aware of it now, and I've, I've found myself like that, you know, with the Z10, you know, being this, you know, the smaller device, it's lighter, um, you tend to forget about it, you know, you think, as you mentioned, Alex, I don't know how many times I got out the car and phones in my lap and just get out and it drops, but, like, I haven't had any incidents with my uh, passport, like, I, I dropped it, like, one time, but I had my, uh, my gel casing on it. I was out in Texas. I was coming off the shuttle bus at the airport, and uh, it dropped like face down. I was like, "Oh my god!" And it's like that moment when you're picking it up and you're just turning it over, like. And, but it was it was fine. Nothing happened to it. No scratch or anything of that nature. And I haven't had any incidents with my passport. But you know, seeing these accessories, it gets you excited about the device you're using. It kind of puts like that you know refreshing feel 
uh, with the device as well. And, and as Brandon mentioned, it, it gives you a little bit of, of a longer like uh, lifeline for the device as well too. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I can't wait to get the 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 uh, what is it the uh, the docking station for the passport. I'm really looking forward to that. You know, it's something I've really been wanting for a while now. So can't wait to get that. I didn't even know I wanted one, and then BlackBerry was like, you do, and here it is. <laughs> this is the thing. It's like I, I really like BlackBerry devices without a case. I'm not going to say naked. Yeah. They're, they're, built, they're, built, they're built to be used, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. You drop it, it gets a ding, it adds character. You, you right. move on. And <laughs> I mean, like, for the passport... I trust me, like I love. I went out of town last night for my birthday party, and you know he he's a Z10 user. He's never seen the passport up close, and he's seen it. And he's like, "Oh my god, is that it?" I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Take it out the case." I'm like, "You got to get the actual filler device." And like he's using, he was holding it with the case, and he's like, "Oh man, like this is this is awesome." And then he takes it out the case, and he's like, "Man, you, it just gives you a whole new renowned feel for the device when it's not in a case, but." I don't know. I need to call like Insurion and tell them that I got a new phone because I'm sure they still have like my Z10 information. So <laughs> I got to swap it out. Ignorance <laughs> is bliss, my friend, in some situations. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it comes to carrier relations. I mean, God, yeah. such assholes. <laughs> I'm sure Daniel in our group right now is like, shut up, stop. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, we're talking about straps and whatnot here in our uh, our group. Alex is really championing that conversation. But let's talk about BlackBerry doing their financial Q3 announcements two days after their classic launch and about two months after passport availability. Do you think they're going to give us some more solid numbers on the amount of passports that have gone through to end users? Or do you think it's going to be kind of one of those generic earnings calls, not a lot of follow-up? What do you guys think? Dude, China's going to say exactly how many classics they sold. Like, he, this is why he's doing this just to be a PR nightmare, just for the hell of it. <laughs> He's gonna be like, yeah. So we sold two hundred thousand classics in two days. Crazy for right? every password. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that's such such a small number. I don't know if that's a success or like I don't. I can't gauge it. Chen's too good on stage. Yeah, but the the real cool. story is the real story is if they sold two hundred thousand classics, it's the combined BB10 OS number, like BB10 devices out in the wild number, that's really gonna start shining through with that, right? Because how many, do we do we have any guesstimates on how many passports were sold? I mean, you developers should be able to guesstimate. I'm, I'm sure if you look at the downloads and compare them to what, what the sell-through is of other devices, I'd say there's probably over 500,000 passports sold at this point. Yeah. If anyone wants to contest that, please. No, please do. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, honestly, and I'm, to, to be very honest, I think it's somewhere around like this 750 mark, and I don't want to be like over exaggerated. I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna do anything that nature, to, but I think 750 is like a pretty solid, just a simple fact because you look, you, you see what it's doing on Shop Blackberry, you see what it's doing on Amazon. You know, what I'm saying it's, you know, it's getting those. Uh, uh, what well, with Amazon, it's what is it the best selling phones or top, you know, rated devices, something of that nature, whatever it is. But I mean, I. I think the device is doing pretty good for itself, especially with the amount of venues that it has in terms of being able to purchase it, and then with the upcoming uh, venues that you know BlackBerry is making available to purchase, you know these uh, devices as well. So it's a good thing. I mean, 
500,000 is a safe number, but I want to say 750 is more realistic of where they're at. I would love to hear more. Well, uh, I think uh, Brandon is correct. I think people are going to be surprised at the overall number of this year, the devices BlackBerry has been able to sell. That's going to gain interest. It's like 2014, BlackBerry has sold this amount of devices, and that number itself is, is going to be the shining factor. And we got to consider all the sell-throughs with the Z3. Um, the remnants of the older first generation uh, BlackBerry devices, obviously the ba uh, the Passport and also the Classic. So, um, as far as the uh, report, um, judging from the last three, we see the natural progression, the evolution, how things uh, have uh, changed structurally and financially for the company. So it's only going to be uh, going up from there. So I can't think of anything but positive. Uh, numbers uh, for this uh, report, just like the last one, beat estimates. So I'm not saying this report is going to beat anything, but it's definitely going to keep that momentum moving forward. It's going to be positive. And from here on now, I think that uh, we've certainly gone through, we, <laughs> BlackBerry has certainly <laughs> gone through the, uh, the worst yeah, I like the, the the you know touching on the positivity. I mean, I think the the you know sort of that projection of over five hundred thousand passports seems reasonable to me. You know, if we can do two hundred thousand within the first weekend, you know, and now we are here. You know, a few months later, it only stands to reason that those sales have been somewhat you know uh, pretty steady. Um, and then when it comes to the classic, I think if Chen says anything, it'll be kind of interesting because because it's not like they released a spec sheet you know on Shop Blackberry. So the sales that they do have, it'll be interesting to see because I know a lot of people were bitching, you know, that they, they don't have the specs out there. So how do I know what I'm even going to get? So why bother pre-ordering, you know, before you even know what the specs are? So so to hear they Chen expect speak, you to read the leaks on N4BB about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. They, expect, they expect you to go to sites mm -hmm. like yours and read the pre-review and actually yeah. have a good feel of the device before. I don't think it's going too to outrageous. Review. Because you look at the video game industry, and they do that practice all the time, where they'll sell a game, and then when they're selling you the game, they say, buy the season pass for our future DLC. Oh, my God. You don't even know That's what that is. That's so yeah, stupid. but people are dropping you know, an extra 40 to $60 for well, that's, that's content because... you know, that's coming out six months to a year. But that's like that's a demographic thing because a lot of people who buy games like they're not necessarily like the same demographic. So I mean, I think maybe with those people with like young, with younger people, they're more willing to accept something like that. But like the demographic that goes for for BlackBerry devices, I'm not sure if something like that would work. Although yeah, no, the you know average what? gamer, the age for the average gamer is 36, 37 years old. Yeah. Um, wow. He's saying the practice of like selling something before it's released is not entirely outrageous. Mm -hmm. The whole concept like pre-ordering before you even know what it really is. Well, I think the classic is really just geared towards legacy um, users and and enterprise as well. Um, but people that you know, old 9900s are still selling, and you have a high percentage of BlackBerry users that are still on legacy OS. So I think it's really an introductory, like, phone. Like, the Passport was polarizing, but, you know, I, I think the Classic is really the device that's going to be, like, the hot commodity for BB10. 
it's going to be the device that people look at like seriously. You know, the Q10 was out there, but it didn't have that that uh, fluid experience, and it wasn't really a developed OS at that point either. Um, and so I think wonder if the Q10 would have sold better if it launched with the OS version 10.3.1. Would the launch would have been? Successful or I, I still I still don't think I think it was hardware that was the main yeah. that was the main con, I guess contention point for users out there as, as Andrew's mentioned kind of that legacy bases who we're really talking to it's the sixty fifty million out there who are still running BlackBerry on an older handset as opposed to the maybe couple couple million that we have on BlackBerry I would really like to see some numbers on the overall I know they a couple quarters back they said they'd stop reporting on the overall subscriber numbers on the devices. Just be interesting. I know Alex and Darius have some things to say, so let's move to Alex. What are your thoughts on it? Um, well, do you want me to say, because I just, while you guys were talking about that, I ran a report just to figure yeah. out what kind of numbers. Yeah, um, what are the numbers on your applications and how can we correlate that to devices in market? Okay, so these are like really rough numbers, so I would not bet the bank on any of them, but so I get uh, maybe between 50 and 100 downloads a day for my app. So over the last three months, since September 24th, I think it was, because that was literally when the announcement was for the Passport at um, the Toronto event, I've had 5,466 downloads. Of those, 564 have been in Passport. And we're talking about, you know, there's the Q10, Q5, Z3, Z30, um, the Porsche designs. There's, like, there's a significant amount. So that's about 10% of the downloads. And keeping that in mind, um, the device hasn't even really been released by, you know, AT&T yet. It really hasn't been released on so many carriers yet. So 10% for that would really mean people buying it from, like, BlackBerry and Amazon off contract. And um, I think 10% is pretty significant. Um, it's close to... I mean, I could check numbers for, I know the Q10, that was an interesting thing to look at because a lot of people adopted it, but it was still a fairly new, um, let me see really quick, I actually have it open right now, and that is 905. So, okay, so 905 people have downloaded, which is about 16%. So 16% are Q10s whereas 10% are passports. That's pretty surprising because, you know... That is, wow. Yeah, only 6% more Q10s, and they've been out for how long? So I I don't know. I, I really can't, like, turn this into numbers, like, oh, that's going to be 300,000 or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to see those numbers at the very least. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, like, as, as popular as the passport has been, relatively... Um, I think the classic's just gonna blow it all away, and you know you're gonna be seeing a lot more downloads on your app. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, because it hasn't been optimized for classic at all. <laughs> well. Hey, you do. We're gonna talk about the just download it and complain when there are problems. I'll fix it. Complain once you've downloaded it. Yeah. <laughs> Not before. That's fair enough. I'll give you that, Alex. I'll give you that. Yeah. Brandon, what do you think overall? I mean, if you're looking at a device like the classic. Is it a real target point for you to want to have your application ready for it? Is uh, it's really easy to, to have your application ready for the Classic. 
Like, uh, if you have a Q10 ready app, it'll work on the Classic. The only difference is if you really want to make use of the, the track pattern and, and some of the specific uh, Classic features, you'd have to put in some work for it. But overall, like, if you just want to have your, your application on it and you have a BB10 app, most likely your app's already going to be working on on uh, on what's it called, on the Classic. So I don't think it's... It's going to be any uh, any skin off of any developer's back to to get it working on on the classic. I, I'd have to agree. But there. in terms of like, but in terms of like specifically trying to target the classic, I mean, yeah, I think it makes sense to target it just because we know that classic is going to be that device that's going to be in, in enterprise hands. That's that's the device they're really going to push from now on. For the enterprise, and that's where that's where they they sell a lot of their devices. So, depending on how things go in the future, I would bet that the classic is going to probably be their best-selling device in the next coming months. Personally, I just think because enterprises they they, they purchase in bulk when they purchase devices. When they do like a a, a device refresh, it's not usually like. 10, 20 devices, like a lot of times it's like a whole department gets switched over. Yeah. And another another point um, that, you know, Brandon had uh, kind of opened up about, uh, and Jube had kind of touched on it earlier with like the, the, the videos that, you know, BlackBerry's been doing with the Classic and how they've been showing people um, really how to utilize the tool belt and how to utilize the tool belt within BlackBerry uh, 10. It's really going to help them when they come over to the device in terms of, you know, not really like how do I get around with this thing or in, in terms of how do I get around with the OS. Uh, but that there is a, is a huge um, aid in selling the device as well. You know, you're giving them, you know, like a pre pointers, if you will, in terms of using the device. So for those that are already using it and, or these are kind of like um, instructional videos for those companies that will be purchasing, you know, the devices and so on and so forth. When they get it, you know, it's pretty much just I already know how to use it straight out the box. So with the passport, it's gonna do huge numbers, yeah, definitely in the next couple months. And I think I mean not excuse me, not the passport, the classic, but um I think there's just a lot of I think one, the classic is a device that really needs to be pushed in those specific regions like uh what this is like South Africa who are have a heavy use of um, you know, legacy device users. Um, not just here stateside, um, because I think, you know, a majority of the legacy device users here stateside are those in the enterprise, um, um, you know, spectrum. But um, it, I think it should definitely be, uh, you know, region-specific. Uh, but as far as stateside, it needs to be a device that's available on all those networks. Because if you want to help transition those um, those users, then you have to make it available everywhere. Unfortunately, we know that's not going to be the case, but I mean, it's just something that you got to do with it. You know, it's a transitional device. It's specifically for you know enterprise, but we understand where its needs need to be at. But I don't know. That's it's a love and hate thing with BlackBerry when it comes to those. They've got carrier partnerships with 635 different carriers around the globe. Why a classic can't be on every single one of those carriers? Is is up to them to figure out, you know. Yeah. Well, here's something to to think about, and I'm looking at the comments over here from Sean that he left on Barry Flow's site, and uh, 
Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, guys, now that BlackBerry is well on its way to recovery, as the company has obviously reinvented itself and is transitioning, um, how likely will we witness any of the countless websites that left them for dead give credit to this company? And um, I'm thinking of the classic, because the classic obviously doesn't uh, sport groundbreaking specs by any uh, means of the magic. I feel like it's going to get so trolled. That's what I'm thinking about. So I'm thinking, okay, this device is supposed to be um, BlackBerry's bread and butter. So if that's the case and you're releasing this, I, I can only imagine all the outlets and bloggers and analysts out there that's going to get the, the classic and they're going to look at it and they're going to say these specs are like 10 years old. My grandmother's dumb phone has better specs than this. How is that going to play into the sales? Is that going to affect um, even more consumer perception uh, moving forward as BlackBerry is pushing out these devices and moving ahead with 10.3.1 and all their new other stuff? Go. <laughs> well, no, well no, I think it's uh, interesting. Alex is tossing us some new numbers. He's tossing only 640 for Z30 downloads at, on his app as compared to 570 Passport downloads. So Passport being on par with the Z30 is, from a developer application consumption perspective, pretty interesting because you're going to have to weight the priority as like, oh, well, I, I actually need a Passport-optimized application because I've got a large user base of users using it on on that. What, what were your thoughts on Classic in response to Jubei in regard to Passport and Classic? You were talking kind of a little bit about the BlackBerry 10 OS and how it's been built? Uh, well, honestly, I think that the BlackBerry 10 um, OS, it's, it's not built necessarily for the Classic. Um, I, I personally think that it's built for the, the Passport. It's like that's what they had in mind. You know, they patented back in 2010 right before the OS launch. And this is kind of what they've been aiming at the entire time, what they've been building it for. Uh, the classic, in my opinion, is really just something to pull people over to the new OS. And, you know, as they release new devices, like, I don't know, whatever the slider is that we're looking at, um, and the Passport 2, um, we're, we're going to be, like, seeing um, people pulled over to the uh, the new OS and then um, captivated by the innovations that they do on, like, the Passport um, and whatever whatever, like, touch-sensitive uh, keyboards, you know, that they come up with in the future, however they decide to develop that. It's interesting you mentioned that, because Chan had mentioned doing a Passport 2 and a Classic 2, potentially. Mm-hmm. So, you, as you mentioned, kind of pulling them over, getting them on board, and then convincing them with innovation that there's even more that you can experience. Exactly. It's yeah. that you're comfortable. I brought you over to BB10. You know, I didn't shake things up too much. But there is a ground-shaking device, and it's and it's this, it's this form factor, and and, and I, I just saw that I don't know if you guys saw the phone arena kind of comparison of the screen sizes. It wasn't major news by by any means, but it did show that the iPhone six at four point seven inches diagonal at the sixteen by nine actually has less overall screen area than the Passport at four point five across. Just interesting. I'm looking here at the Passport, and I find this is such a cool innovation on the device. And I know we're talking about the Classic, but the Classic can't offer what the Passport does in terms of that touch-sensitive keyboard. So I'm over in a place, like I'm, I'm editing a document, right? It, when you pull up the, the text cursor by double-tapping on the keyboard, 
it's still a one-to-one -one ratio. So they built the keyboard and the screen to work in tandem with one another. I can double tap, let's say, on the letter J, and I can move over three keys to the letter G, and I will move three keys or three letters on screen as well. So if I have the word the and I move three letters across on the virtual key on the physical keyboard here, virtually it will also move over three letters. Just fantastic input experience here that they've and built that's in. And the, that's exactly the point. If the Passport being as incredible a device that it is now, and it got terrible reviews and questionable uh, reviews. Confused. Yeah, I yeah, spent confused. I spent three days with it, and I didn't get it. Like, duh. Right, you that's know? the review, and it gets like five out of ten. Um, so if that's the case with something as innovative as the Passport device, how... How bad do you think the reviews for the classic is gonna be? Oh man, <laughs> who knows? Maybe, maybe because the the passport makes you think. It makes you remember gestures that are specific to it. Maybe the classic is like an idiot-proof version of the classic. You know, it doesn't make you think too much. It doesn't make you swipe down to get your numbers and symbols. Maybe it's it's a quintessential kind of an older person device. And I know we saw some of those leaked slides that. More or less said, the elder business user, the elder prosumer, is going to love a device like the Classic. And Jubei, because you know, he's old at heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be trying to head over to New York for the event on the 17th. I think Blaze is going to be over there. JT from N4BB is going to be over there. So it should be a good time. I'm kind of expecting a little bit more than just the Classic. I'd like to hear a little bit about the availability of 10.3.1. Dylan, did you have anything you wanted to speak in that regard? Do you, how, how far are we away from further availability of 10.3.1 at this point? Uh, that's shaky. I mean, I don't know. They, they've been kind of skimpy on, on the details that way. I mean, I'm hoping that shortly after, within like a week at most, that we'll start to see you know some sort of announcements about you know when it's coming. Um, and then by January, I'm, I'm, you know, really, really praying that they get that thing out there and start to roll it out to at least some of the devices, you know, in market-wise. Um, I, I just watched a video from Chen. It was about a 20-minute interview done a while ago at a CIO conference, and he mentions that it, the Passport will be an AT&T exclusive available sometime before CES, between now and CES. The interview was done back in September, late late September, and it's already now the beginning of December. So sometime within this next month, I mean, we yeah. should have Passport available availability officially on AT&T here stateside, and maybe we'll have a little bit more to talk on in regard to the carrier relationships and how they're going to support the device. I saw on your channel specifically, Dylan, that uh, TELUS, or was it Rogers, was actually going through their training program. Yeah, yeah, Mobile Syrup uh, broke that story a little bit. They got some internal documents that were, were showing that they're, you know, doing some internal training and uh, getting the employees prepped. And then uh, even on Crackberry, I was looking through, and somebody's got uh, a dummy unit um, going up in uh, a Rogers store that they were showing off. And, and uh, I mean, it... it Looks solid, and, and people were asking, you know, how do I get one of these uh, dummy models even, uh, just to, just to play around with before they even try to invest in, in buying a new device. But uh, but yeah, so so there's some progress going underway with carriers for sure, and uh, hopefully Bell's doing the same thing because they're pretty much the first ones that were like, hey, we've got the classic, it's 50 bucks, you know, uh, 4.99 otherwise, and and so hopefully that they're really gonna focus on some training and get their employees 
sort of focused on pushing that towards the business guys. That that's really the most expensive part of BlackBerry's kind of commitment to the enterprise space. It's not enterprise, excuse me, to the consumer space. It's really being able to try to <laughs> Brandon's here grabbing away. <laughs> it's a, it's really interesting to see. I guess the points that they have to move forward in educating the customer as to the availability. We I just put up something on Berryflow about the Hog, which is at the Haug, which is actually a museum over in the Netherlands, a really popular one for famous art. And that they were right outside in a shopping center really close by, and they were actually doing a demonstration of Passport, Z30, and Q10. Again, I'd just like to see some kind of consistency across the board. I don't like that in the United States I can't go see a BlackBerry device in the hand, yet I can go in Canada to some carrier retail stores and overseas to carrier retail stores and be able to actually handle one and see what I'm buying before I buy it. I think that's an important part of the overall transaction in the consumer sense. You gotta have it there for them to even buy it. You know, it's it's just like shelf space. So it's well, interesting, I, I guess, in that regard. That you know, and speaking about that, there was talks about BlackBerry opening up uh, city-specific stores where you know you're in New York and say, where can I find a BlackBerry device? Oh, should I go to AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and you know, the answer to that question would be, no, you can go to the BlackBerry store. It's on, like, Columbus Circle or something, and people can go there, and it's just a specific BlackBerry device store. And um, You know, there were talks about that, and we haven't seen anything materialize yet or heard any announcement. That would still be really such a great asset for BlackBerry when, you know, if they have a physical store in key cities around where people can just go directly to BlackBerry to learn about devices and purchase them versus going to these carrier shops where people are not even aware that the company, with the direction the company is going or educated on how the operating system works or, you know, what the devices are all about. So, you know, I guess we'll, we'll wait and see if there's any other announcements because I think that the, the event on the 17th is not just going to be about plastic. <laughs> James laughs about something. <laughs> um, <laughs> Super embarrassing. I apologize. Um, I'm so, just excited. I'm, I'm excited to get out there to the classic event, see what they have to offer. At least as part of news, I'd like. To, you know, we've talked about IoT and, and Project Ion and yeah, something substantiating. Something. Right, something. At least tell us, like, eh, hey, we've we've canned it, or eh, hey, we've moved on with it. Tell us something. Right, I don't think that BlackBerry is going to have like this, you know, multi-city uh, international launch and say this is the classic. It's everything because we already know that the specs aren't really, you know, groundbreaking and the device isn't really groundbreaking. Um, it's a it's a throwback device, so um, there's got to be something else, right? You know, to hold an event with with such prestige. So I'm um, looking forward. I, to I, I almost feel like they should launch it on the 18th on Thursday, so they could do like. Throwback Thursday on social media. <laughs> I, I guess that's not a priority for them. But as everyone posts it the next day, they'll be able to copy onto that uh, that stuff. <laughs> I, I'm just interesting, as Jubez mentioned. I mean, the device isn't going to be a an all star by any means, especially when we just launched something like the Passport. But I do think it's going to kind of bring some of those users over, and, and that's the important part. Following the financials. That their earnings call a couple of days later, I think, is going to be interesting as well. I think I'm actually going to be like on a plane during that time, so hopefully someone will be there to report it. We'll make Alex do it. Alex looks like he'll be awake. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to be awake for that. This is going to be early. I was 
Yeah, and they're usually they're usually the earnings calls are normally in the mornings, and then this follows. So like seven to eight in the morning, we have the actual earnings call, and then an hour following the investor. I'll, call. I'll back you up. I got you. I got you. That's that's I appreciate that, Alex. I appreciate that. So everybody yeah. heard. So if uh, if the news doesn't come in that day on Barry Flow, send <laughs> tweets to Alex to wake then him up. Send tweets at four bites. No. What if I'm I might be busy. I don't know. <laughs> I take that make, back. Or make Brian find him on find him on Tinder, guys, and then you can just find him on Tinder and, b and bitch at him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle you guys. We throw so much shade at Alex. He he's a good sport though. He's a good sport. Good, yeah. <laughs> well, I think we covered everything we needed to cover. I really appreciate everyone's uh, collaboration and in, in coming on. Especially Dylan, kind of hopping on midway and, and catching along with the whole conversation. Uh, this has been Barry Full Upstream number 26. Thank you, Alex, Brandon, Dylan, Darius, and of course, Jube. This is Andrew. I just invited him to our group, so say hi to him on BBM. Uh, he might, may or may not have already muted our group from his hub, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, say hi nonetheless. Uh, anyway, guys, take care. Have a great night. All right. Yeah. Later.